G'day and welcome back to the DIC podcast for 2020. My name is Nathan and together with Boris, we're going to be bringing you today episode 12 of the podcast series. We've got a, uh, as always, a jam-packed episode today. We've got a really special guest. Um, let's get on into it, eh? Boris, how are you, mate? Yeah, well, Nate, I'm good. Um, been keeping well, been uh, out running, maximizing my, my hour of exercise a day, which has been good. Feeling, yeah. starting to feel normal again, starting to feel pretty, not fit, but at least I'm moving well again. So At least we're positive. out there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You've been hitting the bike as well. You've been doing a bit yeah, of cross do, training. Doing a bit of both. You can't get much in on the bike in an hour, but um, nevertheless, it's um, good for the legs to to get off the running for a little bit, but yeah, just mixing things up and um, doing what we can in the restrictions, but um, they keep changing as they have this morning. So Sunday morning, um, Dan Andrews came out. Yeah, that's right. Um, there's was quite a lot covered. It was quite a yeah. long sort of conference. There was a lot, there was a lot On the there. Roadmap. Yeah, roadmap the, I guess the most sort of important thing for the listeners is from October 26th or when the daily two week average is fewer than five new cases. Mm. Uh, non-contact outdoor sport will return. So hopefully return. Ho- hopefully return. Yeah, it's so all we'll, a, it's all up in the air. Yeah, the we'll we'll see. Obviously, AV haven't said anything yet. They're still, I guess, processing. Yep. Um, but that's sort of something to put into your calendar, and hopefully, we'll be able to get back on the track. Sort of late October, early November. We'll see. Mm. We're not sure about competition, obviously. Just not really sure where any of that stands. Not sure yeah, about the look, track season. I, I think, you know, I like to be positive and, and look, as soon as we can get back to the track, that'll be something, at least training together in, in the numbers we can. But look, a competition is, is unlikely this year is what I'm feeling. But you never know. I think the main thing is if we can get it under control, which it's not quite under control yet. And we don't want to fall into that um, third wave. So That's right. um, I think the steps this morning were, were good ones. So Yeah. Exactly. And I think, I mean, speaking for myself, I'm well and truly into the, uh, the ISO routine these days, mm. sleeping in, going for a run about midday to break up the day, you know, Perfect. just doing the hour, doing all that sort of stuff. So, what, you know, just keep up the routine, just keep ticking along. and Yeah, I know. guess use the time to, um, you know, not be pressured by competitions or races and um, just get training under control, get, get training well and um, you don't need to stress about anything else, I guess, um, running, you know, competition-wise. So, yeah, just just run when you can run. And I think we've got the two hour. We'll, we'll, we'll have two hours to run now, which gives us a little bit more time, I think, yeah. um, as of next Sunday. you can. Yeah, 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 that'd that. be good. And, I mean, I, I turned the, the heart rate off my, off my watch, just sort of thought yeah, I'd right. ease the pressure off myself a little bit. And I think my sort of goal now is just to get better at training more for how I'm feeling on the day and yep. listening to my body a bit better. So, which is why I turned off the heart rate. Cause I'd often, you know, you look at the watch and you think, Oh, I'm, I'm jogging easy and my heart rate's like 170. But what, you, what I want to focus on is just sort of running towards how I actually feel on the day and that type yep. of stuff and, and making an easy session feel easy instead of looking at the watch the whole time. So yeah, it's, it's very you know, easy try and, to try and focus on those types of goals. If you can to tick away at. No, that's a good point. And I think it's one thing to, put it down on paper and go, okay, this is what I've got for the week. And, and you look at your sessions and, and, but look, it, it doesn't hurt anyone to swap your sessions around, right? I'll do a fight leg tonight. I'm just not in the yeah, mood for, the, for, right. for a quicker session, or I might just get out and jog it. The main thing is you get out. So, um, 
yeah, off field's always good. Nick Simmons always, um, I don't know if some listeners may know him uh, from the United States, uh, went to a couple of Olympics. He was down to the track one day. Um, it was, geez, it was a while ago now. He came down to Australia to do some training and a couple of races. And we asked him, he was doing some 150 reps. And we said, you know, how quick? Or what's the pace? What's the pace? He said, no, nah, it's all off field. I don't, I don't look at the watch. I'll do it all right. off field. And a there lot of his go. sessions, he, he does that. And we thought, geez, that's not a bad way to look at it. And um, yeah. it's always stuck in my mind. So if, you, if you're feeling good, you go a bit quicker. And um, so the watch can be bad sometimes looking at it all the time. So it can good be tip, good it tip can be. To, uh, to turn the heart rate, heart rate off. Exactly. Um, now, Nath, we have a, we're not going to dabble too much in the intro here. We just have yeah. quite a big guest on today. So Massive, massive guest. This guy... Uh, is look I, with the where are they now segment the idea is to get you know past members on and and some people we know some people we don't know this person I hadn't met before this interview and um, I was reading through the the record list of the club and this one's pretty pretty up there in terms of records um, for the club he's held it since 1989 so he's held, held it for a number of years and she's a, a big guest Boris yeah that's right and I mean some guests some guests we've been lucky enough to have people sort of put us in contact with them and that type of mm. stuff. But this guest, we had to do a bit of digging to get in contact yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a bit off the grid up on the coast yeah. and keeps a pretty low profile. So it was kind of, kind of difficult to get him on, but we're, we're definitely happy that we got in contact with him. We, we tracked him down. He was good enough to give his time and um, really, really good interview. I think this sits up there um, um, for, for all runners to listen to and understand how he um, tackled his event and, and tackled the Olympics and, and uh, he speaks very very highly of the club. So um, let's, uh, let's get into it, eh? Yeah, we'll let's not waste any soon. time. Let's just yeah. get into it. Done. All right, well, uh, here it is and um, hope you enjoy. All righty. So this week on the DAC podcast, we've got a pretty exciting guest. We've got Brad Camp joining us and uh, he's the seventh fastest Australian male marathon runner of all time and Camp made his debut um, and, and really got going on the marathon, setting the club record and um, course record at the Gold Coast Marathon back in 1989 with a time of 2 hours, 10 and 11 seconds. Um, he also made the Olympics in 1988 in Seoul, um, Olympic Games and running uh, a time of 2 hours, 23.49, placing 41st um, out of 118 runners. He now resides up in sunny Queensland, and we've got him back on uh, on the podcast to talk all things uh, Doncaster and his training. Brad, welcome to the, the podcast. Oh, welcome. Uh, thank you. Thanks very much. Uh, and um, so you're up in uh, sunny Queensland at the moment? Yeah, I moved up here back in oh, 1999, and the young right. family transferred with work. And right now, I'm Palm Beach, that's 500 metres from the beach. So it's a beautiful day up here at the moment, and yeah, glad and I made the change could be worse we're uh we're struggling <laughs> to get out so yeah um, i feel sorry for you guys it's terrible Got a lot of friends down there and, and work colleagues are, yeah uh, sort of come down once or twice a year and yeah it's not uh not good but at least it's heading in the right direction for you guys yeah. that's it that's, that's right. it that's right. so um look we're going to talk um all things sort of how you sort of came to uh doncaster how you got into athletics and and mainly around how you um you ran a very, very quick marathon time and, and how that all came about. But how about we throw it back to um, how you sort of got into athletics and, and how did that come about? Um, yeah, I always did sort of running at school, but I was never, when I say never really good at it or never really concentrated, I played tennis a lot till I was at the age of 14 and mm -hmm. injured my back 
doing a gym session at, at school. I was at Ivan Grammar at the time and, um, and I was sort of seven or eight months on my back and trying to rip all the back muscles here and then fell into running through not being able to play tennis or contact sports like football. So the back specialist okay. said, we'll find something else to do. And mum just said, well, let's go down to Box Hill running track. And yeah. you know, I joined up down there, ran around there for about six months before I raced. And um, under Reg Barlow, you know, the, the, him yeah, and his right. brother were the head coaches yeah. down there in the day. I think he was 76 when he, we were training. And um, so he coached me for a couple of years before, because uh, Tom Kelly was down there at the time. And when he moved That's to Box right. Hill, I, um, yeah. I made a relationship with him and yeah, followed suit a couple of years later. And then you, you jumped over to, to Doncaster. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, I, I sort of found Tom gave me, uh, like Reg was coaching a, a few people at the time, not too many, but um, but Tom was just sort of, I found him innovative and, and really sort of personal. And he had a lot of really good runners at the time. And when he did move to Doncaster, many followed. Right. Um, but as a junior um, athlete, he had a, a lot of success. And, and I didn't know any, any different. He just, I just, took to him and um i really didn't know running didn't know what i was doing or who was who in the zoo really and until yeah. um i sort of really all i wanted to do was actually train and train fast and the sessions i was doing at boxer was different tom said let's try something a bit different rather than hundreds and two hundreds we got into something else and then um when he moved to doncast it was um certainly upset box hill at the time because i was starting <laughs> to sort of show a bit of um potential in some of the races i was doing and um but yeah tom had a good group of kids up there and um it was just really good because it was instead of training with um i suppose the older guys i was training with guys sort of around my age group and and um yeah. yes i made the move and, and Doncaster was closer to home and i it's just a great area to run around. I just love all the parks and all links up to Westerfolds and everything. Yeah. So it's um, yeah. just a, just love that part of it. So the, the club culture back then was, was pretty good. You said there was a fair few athletes around you. Yeah, there was, it was a young club and all the guys who were running the club at the moment this, at the time and the senior guys were sort of really enthusiastic and, and inclusive and, um, and with the, club itself as it was only a couple of years old at the time i think 10 years old or less yeah um uh, I, I come across i think sean quilty and uh, dean paul and uh, jason august all those a little bit yep. younger than me at the time and then there was a group sort of old i was sort of in between i, I think the age group uh, a few kids older than me but um but it was just a, a good really good group and and, uh, and the, the club was very i think inclusive just wanted to improve and, and the the, the couple of coaches there at the time. I know Tom was one of the coaches and there was another one who coached um, Sean Quilty there. I uh, can't remember his name, but both of them really sort of put a lot of effort into the kids and, and the club wanted to do well um, and strive to do well. And all, when the, uh, I suppose the, the titles came up, the cross country or track, it was uh, let's beat Box Hill. Let's and just year <laughs> by year, it was sort of wasn't just Box Hill. It was Glen Huntley and that. By year by year, we all of a sudden we're starting to win, win different age groups and win uh, events and um, and all of a sudden the, the club just grew and um, we became a sort of a dominant force with that sort of middle distance track running. Um, let alone in the cross country and road race, it was great. What sort of distances were you doing when you first started at Box Hill and then moved over to Doncaster? Uh, I was probably running, because uh, I was in miles at the time, I'll try and convert it, probably around about 60k a week when I first started. Um, I went to boarding school for three years and, and that sort of changed things a bit. Um, but I, I'm 
when I moved to Box Hill with with Tom, I sort of sort of ran the seventy k mark, but it was just the quality of sessions were different rather than mm. still doing speed work, but I was doing a lot of longer work and mixing right. the you know, one minute, two minute, three minute surges, for a lot of fartlek or um, you know, one k efforts on the track, and um, so it was just more. Um, I suppose uh, I found a lot more in the park area rather than on the track and um, yeah. less pounding on the roads and it just gave me a lot more, I found it more enjoyable actually. And, um, and I suppose as you, you got fitter and got quicker, you know, the enthusiasm sort of grew and, um, and I suppose the atmosphere at the club, because a lot of people like that, um, like myself were coming through winning state titles as juniors and um, and I don't think I did that too much but Dean Paul and, and Sean Quilty and as yeah. juniors were, were great in there at that, at that level too and all of a sudden like weren't there was a probably half a dozen or dozen of juniors actually winning titles of different events from hundreds to cross countries and things it was really good the, right. the golden era that's how <laughs> they call it yeah <laughs> yeah it was, what was sort it? of distances were you racing? Were you were you just like a middle distance runner back then? Yeah, I, I, I sort of liked the the fours and eight hundreds, and um, wasn't really good at the four hundreds. Just one of those events where you, you either have it or you haven't. It's like a <laughs> sprinter, and um, it, it's one of I sort of found as I, I liked doing it, but it complemented the eight hundreds and the fifteens, and, and that's what I really liked to run. I, I sort of liked that as a very competitive and without getting into contact sports is the nearest thing you can get into it. And, um, yeah. and it was an era where, um, you know, Seb Coe and Ovet, uh, we came through on TV. It was all these big races and, and to get in a race like that and have a hustle and bustle and try and run quick. Um, it was just like, it was just really a great era to, to be running, whether it's marathons or track running. It was just, uh, really good with the 800s and things it was always trying to get get the sub two minutes and trying to get under sub you know, 150 or so it's got nowhere near it but and just i sort of found i suppose my body structure was just not good no, not the right size to run a fast 800 or 15 and uh, and just as you get i suppose older and you're not running as quick you tend to find you're doing better at the 3k and 5k so but um certainly started at the eights and 15s and moved into the steeples and everything else from, from beyond. <laughs> but um, mostly really enjoyed the cross country and road running. When the cross country's come up, I sort of found that was better the track. Yeah, enjoy that more than track running. Right. When did you progress up in distances? Like when did you sort of say, I've had enough of eights and fifteens, like let me step up to fives and tens and that sort of stuff? Um, Really, well, once I finished school, uh, at school you, you're only doing probably maximum three k. Um, in the yeah. cross countries, you um, it's a bit it is different because you're running sort of the longer distances. And I sort of found that the winter when you're doing the cross countries at school was far more enjoyable, and um, the track running was was great at school. And you can sort of I found I did really well but then you get to the club running it's certainly in state running it certainly sorts you out and um yep. and, you, uh, and I, I came through the same age group as Malcolm Norwood and, and quite often I'd go up to um uh, northern northern um Victoria and do the, some of the country meets and um he'd because right. I know, I'd know we're there and we were good friends and and I'd come second to him by a hundred meters, you know, behind him. And it's just I think this guy's a freak. And, and, um, as a junior, he was with, he came through with Adam Hall and a few others. And, and, uh, and I sort of found that he was my 
I suppose the guy I've wanted to beat the whole time and as a junior and I sort of admired him so much and become good friends but on a track it's just yeah kill 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 how am I going to beat him and <laughs> and, um, and you sort of progress like that with all the guys you come through as juniors but as I progressed through school that was I just made the decision that I left school so go uh, want to be a distance runner and, and how am I going to get to the Olympics? That was the discussion I had with the, that day. Finished school with my coach, Tom. We sat down and said, oh, where are we going to be and how are we going to get there and yeah. what do you want to do? And so it was good. So we put a plan in place for probably um, three to five years and yeah, it seemed to work. Jeez, and, and it was as simple as that. You just, it was a, uh, you know, a split session to, to make that call to do it. Yeah, I, it's just that... It's, it sounds easy like that. It's just a decision. And I thought, yeah. I know there's a lot of hard work and, and involved and not that I actually at that time, you didn't realize it, but um, I just at all, all I did a few tests with the Institute of Sport and everything angled towards was the VOT max was quite high and yeah. the fitness was looking, I'm never going to be a sprinter or middle distance runner. And they said, you're suited to the distance running um, and uh, should train to it. Then they put a few programs in place and suggested how we should train. And Tom and I sort of analysed that. And when I finished school, we sort of said, oh, how are we going to, I just said, oh, I want to go to the Olympics. I want to get better at this and mm. looking at uh, the level of what Deke was running and um, I suppose the pinnacle and then Mono was coming through uh, as someone to chase. And of course there was a heap of other runners who were established for many years and, um, yeah, Graham Crouch and a few others who are still running great at their age. And, um, but I sort of came through, just make the decision. Yeah. How are we going to do it and what sessions we need to do and went from running once a day to twice a day and sort of roughly about 12 session a week. And, yeah. um, and we sort of put a plan and price. These are the sessions we've got to do. And we had us like three to four months sort of programs where we'll train at a certain base and then, okay, after that, we'll analyze where we are. And usually at that time, I just get flat and I'd have a week or two off when I'm not running, but not just heavy training, just back it off, yep. refresh and do it again. And in three or four months and at the same time, you sort of race in between. So, so how, yeah. how was that transition? Obviously you doubled your, your mileage in a, in, um, from what you're doing previously, was it, was it, was it an easy step up or how was the, the journey in, in really taking it on to get to the Olympics? Yeah, it was, um, it, I, I found it easy, but it, it right. was, a, it was a gradual step up. Um, yep. and it probably over a period of 12 months, um, sort of got up to the, um, yeah, 180, 200 Ks, but in the first few months it was sort of just increased, um, the two runs, which is a Sunday run and uh, and the Wednesday run by probably an extra, I was doing 20K, 25Ks on a Sunday and maybe uh, 18K on a, yeah. um, a Wednesday, but then just introduced the morning runs of uh, sort of round about a 40 minute run, 10K, sort of a 10K roughly, yeah. between 40 and 50 minutes and um, a lot of stretching and just using that as really easy, just a good recovery and that helped build the mileage. And then, um, yeah, the body, I did go through a few injuries with stress fractures and shin splints yeah. and not, not that many stress fractures, but a couple, one or two of those, which certainly made me sort of aware yeah. of body maintenance, but the stress fractures or shin splints, I mean, that was all, we all go through that and it's some um, managing that and the, the sitting on the bench and Tom massaging the legs and killing me and screaming out. And just yeah, some, yeah. Yeah. Once you go through it once or twice, you just you realize you don't want to do it again. So yeah. when did you realize 
like you said that you finished school and said, I want to go to the Olympics. I'm putting the plan in. But when did you realize that you could kind of have a future as a, a really successful runner and um, you could sort of have a crack at getting into the Olympics? Uh, I suppose the Olympics was the, was the, I suppose the, the ultimate dream when I finished school, it was my last year of juniors, basically probably another 12 months in juniors. So, uh, my first race as a senior, I was a junior at the time and had a couple of races was a AK cross country down at, um, uh, the back of Dandenong somewhere. Yeah. Um, and it was just AK cross country had Monaghetti and everyone's in the field and I had no idea, took off at the start and I was like 300 meters in the, like down the, and I was leading, looked over my shoulder and think, oh, shit, I'm in front of you, what's going on? <laughs> And by, f I think I led for 4K, 5K, 4 or 5K, and then the whole bunch ran fast. I think I finished eighth or something in the race. Um, yeah. But, and I thought, oh, shit, yeah, considering it wasn't too bad and yeah. pulled up all right. And a week later, I thought, this is all right. Then, um, yeah, I think I ran a few more junior races and then uh, I ran the Fisherman's Bend 15K and um, as a junior there. And I, I won that race, the state title, in a senior event. And um, yeah, wow. and it was so uh, the only one who'd done that before was Deke. I think Deke did it as a junior and things like that. You little hurdle, not hurdles, but little goals or successes you have just gives you that motivation. I thought, oh, this is not too bad. And I think it ended up being one of my favourite events. I think I won it two or three times and and had probably one of my most favourite races there with Monaghetti, and which he beat me by by a step. Oh. <laughs> and I think I can't remember the time, but we talk about it, it was like a 40, wow, she's trying to think 40, 44 or 43 minute, 15 K something really fast. So I'll have to look it up what the time was, but it's one of those races where we just, just went faster and faster and to lose by a step, I was shattered. So yeah, was yeah, that yeah. the one in Perth? No, that was Fisherman's Bend down in Melbourne. It's oh, right. yeah, just was that with was that a, a usual yearly event? Was it? Yeah, it was a state title, fifteen k state okay. title, and right. then then they picked the team to go to um the national half marathons. Oh and, right, um, yeah. So, but that was just one of those races where, as a junior, I just you know Tom said, let's go down and do it, and the club had a team in there, and we did. I think might have even won the teams event that day, one of the first times. So it was um, but for me as a junior to run a senior event and. Yeah, you know, that was where I suppose the training was starting to show on the road that um, oh, I can keep up with the seniors and um, yeah, and, and the cross country. So I wasn't back by you know three or four minutes. I was sort of in the top, you know, ten most races as a junior with the senior race, and um, I only did two or three in that last first year, but it certainly gave me a taste of where I sat and um, and uh, within the suppose the senior ranks in Victoria, which was um, pretty strong at the time. Yeah, and um. And I suppose one thing that did give me a lot of inspiration is I started beating the guys I never beat as juniors, like Malcolm Norwood, and I never beaten him as a junior. And then all of a sudden, these cross countries and road races, I just uh, I was a different athlete. And he was training differently too at the time. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was just a it was a good era. Maybe maybe if you give us like a snapshot of what a week might have looked like in your sort of peak training leading up to maybe your first marathon, your, your debut marathon, where you ran 2.12.52? Um, yeah. Um, we, we modified a few sessions, but I suppose there was um, a Sunday run uh, coming when I was, I suppose, in the year of, of running the marathon, I'd probably yeah. run uh, around about a 30K 
um, either might be an hour and a half or so, or hour 40 minutes, hour 45, um, maybe getting up to the uh, a two hour, actually, sorry, I'm sorry, two and a half hours, sorry, not an hour 40, <laughs> two and a half hours. 30K. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So sort of two and a half, yeah. Two and a half hours sort of running or no more than that, really. Sometimes right. we're two and a quarter hours and then um, that'll be on a Sunday. A Monday would be a hill session. Um, yeah. I'd only run once on a mon on the Sunday, Monday morning, you'd do a sort of a 40 minute run and all my sessions in the afternoons and, and a hill session, it'll be over, um, uh, was it um, 10 miles, so 16K. So I'd do a probably two or three K warm up at a, a hill, uh, my favorite hill, which was next door to Doncaster shopping center. So if, Oh if, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's the Doncaster drive. I think it's got the church. Yeah. It's along the church up the side there. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I'd run up and down that dune. Uh, I think it was um, eight hills. Um, so it's up and down. And then um, I smashed that pretty quick. So I was going down was just as quick as, not just as quick, but it was, <laughs> yeah. I went down quick. Um, and, but when I finished that, it was just a basically general quick running. Um, and I'd just run from there down through the back of um, uh, the park at, um, Doncaster and do a bit more so on the grass as much as I can yeah. and it's just sort of fast quick running so I'd be still running you know probably 330k past your pace or um, just for that sort of undulations and just pushing it out until I finish right. and then um, finish with the probably four or five strides and stretching just easy strides and have a chat to Tom and go home after that so it's a so that's where I sort of got the mileage of um, I suppose 16k then you've done 10k in the morning so it's so yeah. the, the Tuesday would come <laughs> down and, and do um, a lot. It was either a light track session or a light fast, slow, fast leg okay. session, which is a minute on or two minutes on or three minutes on uh, with a minute off. So at the time, it was probably more two minutes on and uh, a minute off. And, yeah. and I'd just run through. Sometimes I'd drive down to um, back of Marsland College there along the, the Yarra River. There's uh, some parks, tracks through mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Um, and both sides of the Yarra River, so to link around there and run around there for the same thing around about 16k or 15k, and just fast, slow, just however I felt. Um, big on just rhythm running, not really worrying yeah. about yeah, track running good. or what distance you're doing. And if you're feeling good, you smash it out. If you're feeling bad, we just push it out. Yeah, <laughs> can yeah. and you, and um, yeah, and then Wednesdays again, just easy, easy yeah. long run um, up to an hour and a half. Right. Um, sort of uh, on the longer run. Thursday is always a track session. So usually the speed, which um, everyone did at the time, was um, four, uh, eight by 400s for the 200 float. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and the float's in about 40 seconds. Um, the 400s, I was sort of doing around about 63 to 65s. Um, but I sort of found, um, looking at what Mono used to do, I probably should have tried to do like around the 60s. And um, yeah, yeah, right. I, I found that was a, if I lacked something, if I wanted to change something about those sort of sessions, would have um, tried to run quicker. But I think I was maxing out a bit on those. And then, <laughs> um, but after that session, you probably have about ten minutes of running, and then um, say about three or four two hundreds, right? Um, at just good tempo running, sort of try and run sub thirties, twenty like mid twenty sevens, twenty eights, right? Um, so it was sort of very very quick. Um, other sessions we might do is um, on the Thursday, probably six, six one Ks and um, a three minute with a, a, a 
200 float and probably about a two minute recovery right. and just a three minute float, just um, three, three minute one K is just sort of cruising. Yeah. Um, just trying to keep that rhythm running. And um, yeah, we do do six of those and probably about a dozen um, or half a dozen one fifties just there. Okay. And with, with those after probably 10 minutes in between, but the one fifties just pick up the speed to the finish. So you start off at a rhythm and then finish at about 80, 85%. Yeah. And, right. um, and Friday's easy, then Saturdays, depending on how close to the event or races I am, we used to do a, a eight one milers. Um, and um, that would be in round about four, uh, what are we doing? Four, 448. Yeah. And um, pretty good. And try and push the last, the last mile, the last lap of the last mile was just see what I had left and see what I could push out. So, um, yeah, it was just sort of Tom just had a lot of sort of hard and hard sort of longer work like that. The one miles were pr pretty tough, so it was good. Yeah, Fanfan got a benefit out of those. So he always would chuck in. I, I was under Tom for for my career. I'm still trying to to run these days, but I remember he would always uh, chuck a couple of one fifties or a couple of two hundreds after most of the sessions. Or mm. he was very big on that. Even even my off days when I would run. I would head down to the track and even do some 70, 80 meter strides to, to keep that speed up through everything. Cause you can sort of, it can, it can be lost. I think if you don't really concentrate on it. That's yeah, yeah absolutely. It's big on holding your, your rhythm and uh, your posture as you're finishing at the end of a race. And I, I've, I've sort of found at the end of any race, if I ran a hundred meters, um, in like 12, four, I'd probably mm -hmm. ran, well, I think my, 12, four or 12, eight or something like that. But that'd be the same speed at the end of a marathon or you know, I'd yeah, sort of right. had something like that or end of a 1500. So it's, um, he just said, you just gotta, yeah. you're not quick, but you just gotta make sure you've got the speed there and, and, um, and just work on you know, being just technique and being aware of, especially at the end of a session, yeah. you're going to be tired. Um, make sure you, you know, you're finishing like that. So at the end of a race, I've just got, I think it just, you get naturally sort of um, aware of your posture and finishing strong. So. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do any did you do any gym work? I didn't hear any gym work in there, Brad. Did you was that a secret or <laughs> um no, I, I wish I did. I, I do do it now and I'm I'm actually a big fan fan of it and yep. um I tried to do it but I was just too tired all the time, yeah. to tell the yeah. truth. And and I, I did go to um uh, gym at Box Hill, I can't even think it was they had a swimming pool, indoor swimming pool and that and spa and things. So I used to go there for about a, a year and that was great. But I just found it was just too, um, too tiring, um, trying to do everything else. Then mm. you, you get home, like some of the sessions, like on a Saturday after that one mile session, I sat on the bottom of the shower sometimes for about yeah. 20 minutes, just <laughs> so tired. Then, then, then I had to walk around a market chasing a girlfriend or something. But, um, <laughs> but no, it was another good session I used to do was like a 1200. Um, and that was at like a marathon pace and a 1K at um, 5K pace, um, 800 at um, uh, 3K pace. Yeah. Then two 400s as, as quick as you can go, then four 200s quick as you can go, and then right. you sort of crawl off the track. And, Okay. He, he got that off Carlos Lopez at the time and that was right. one of the sessions he used to do and, and thought we'd try it and it was a great session but geez, it certainly sorted me out but um, I got a lot of improvement on that was my one of my favourite sessions thinking oh I can see the improvement if I can just 
if I did it the way he wanted me to do it, um, I got benefit from it. So what, what is your rep? Recovery? Yeah, recovery. What did you rep the 400s in? Uh, 200. Uh, oh, no, no, 200. 400, 400. So, yeah. So that would have been like a two minute recovery, just jog. Oh yeah. 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 Because yeah, right. yeah, you're running quick and, and the 200s were just a 200 float. And right. um, yeah, but um, and the other others just had a, like a two minute recovery. So it's pretty much two minute between the twelve hundred and one uh, k, eight hundred, right. and, and then the fours. So it's good. Do you so remember the, what you did the four hundreds in and the two hundreds in? Yeah, you. Uh, fours, sixty fives, sixty fives, and the twos. Um, it's four twos, so it would have been around. Uh, 28 29 right uh, mostly 30s i thought I'd, if i got to 30 i was annoyed and um but <laughs> it's usually the last one you think you're just flat and but um yeah it was good good quick session yeah that's a good one that's a good yeah. one for the uh listeners everyone at the club that's yeah a for sure mm -hmm. did you ever do the um we uh, tommy always used to give the the group the said co it's featured a lot on this podcast people thinking of a sort of a, one of their favorite sessions and that was the sebco from um, 100 well it's always a debate whether you should go from 200 down to 100 or 100 up to 200 by tens um but each to their own but did you ever do that session no yeah no right. no uh, actually i probably did it once yeah. it was like a 2200s or 2100s or something like that and and um yeah, I think uh, we only did it. I think someone else was doing it, but they would just try it. And yeah. and I, I think Tom just said, "No, don't know. We never did it again, anyway." So um, yeah, right. One thing good about Tom, he was always knew what was going on around the world and yeah. like at our what other marathons are doing, what the Ken was doing. We try and mix it in different sessions, and we experiment a lot. And um, with a whole you know, dozens of different sessions of um. Yeah, and I sort of found that was rather than sticking to what everyone was else was doing, um, hearing what Mona was doing, not that you heard too much, but it was fairly typical of um, Percy Serity training. And at the time, I think but yeah, credit to Tommy always, you know, we'll try this, we'll try that. And it's okay. <laughs> I was a guinea pig. <laughs> and um, cause I, I did all my sessions on my own. I rarely ran with anyone really? in the right. sessions and cause um. The only reason is when the way I was my work and things, I might finish around three, three thirty, and um, time, I'd get to the club. By the time I finish work, and get to the club might be four o'clock. Yeah. Do my warm up or four thirty, and then Tom would turn up at you know, up at five, do the session. Then everyone else turned up around five thirty six, and sometimes I'd jump in the back of the session, or yeah. I'd be finishing when they start, and they right. just put the lights on. Um, that, that's why I probably. Yeah, I can't even remember training with people. So it was um well, how'd you on, find on a Sunday that? run. How'd you find that? I mean, I oh. you did well, obviously, but um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I um I I didn't know any better, I think. I, yeah, I just okay. one of those things as a distance runner, I think uh, one of those I've always thought uh, there's a movie called the what was it, the long the loneliest distance runner or something like that, but it's something <laughs> yeah. um I, I just sort of found it was good doing the session that Tom and I sort of had a goal and I was focused on it. And, and I think, um, if anyone, I did train with anyone occasionally, um, I sort of felt like it was nearly a race and, yeah. and, um, but, and if anyone trained with me that I would just hold on, if you can, <laughs> you can beat me great. And I, I just wanted to go quicker, but, um, but yeah, it's just a, a sessions I, I did. I just enjoyed 
um, I saw the benefit on it and uh, just the time, time of day I trained just didn't suit anyone. And yeah, right. um, yeah and it's not that it was on purpose, it just suited me. Yeah. You know, I wanted to get home before, not uh, on dark rather than after dark. And yeah, yeah worked out well. Yeah, good. Um, well, tell it, run us through the, the first marathon you did. You only, well, you did, mate, you were talking before, um, you mentioned six or seven marathons, but run us through that first one and where um, was it? Yeah, did Beijing. It was in uh, October 87. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah, it was, um, yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, we'd, we'd made the decision when I left school, so we, let's train for the Olympics, how we're going to do it. And then um, worked out sessions of a progress, how am I, how we were going to progress to get to that level. Yeah. Um, and what race were we going to pick and where the qualifying periods were and what was available around that time. So I think the qualifying started in round October, right through to the following year. Uh, actually, it might've been earlier. And um, said, well, in Australia, um, from what I... Uh, we talked about there was only one course, which I think was good enough to run a fast course on it, track on it, a mm -hmm. uh, fast time, I mean, and that was Gold Coast. And um, no disrespect to any other, other course out there, but um, <laughs> it's, I was thinking, I want to run a fast course. And if it means going overseas, let's do it. Yeah. Um, if it means going to the Gold Coast and doing it. And at the time, uh, Athletics Australia gets a lot of invite, invites for athletes to go overseas to marathons. And because I was progressing through as a senior runner and I'd done a few trips um, to China before for running half marathons and things, so the opportunity came up and the uh, invitation was there. They wanted an Australian runner to come and run. Um, I put my hand up, said, I'm happy to go. Um, then, the, unfortunately, the ticket was cancelled about uh, a month out. So I ended up paying it myself. Oh, really? And um, right. yeah, which was one of those things I said to dad, so I've trained all this way for it and um, got you know, time off work. And so, so we um, yeah, paid my way over there. So I was just primed and ready to go. Yeah. Um, just a perfect, I suppose, scenario, the way training went. I was, wasn't injured for, uh, for the whole year. Um, I raced really well. Um, and, um, and, and coming into it, we sort of worked out a... Um, uh, I suppose a freshening period of about three months before it's had a, a really good base to work on and then raced really timed and really handpicked races to sort of, um, I suppose, peak at the right time. So when that race was, I had to pay for it myself. Mm. It wasn't an issue coming up with the money. I was disappointed, but I thought, oh, if I win the race, I might get some prize money. And, <laughs> and uh, cause I didn't know who was running at all. It was rooms a, a kangaroo was running at the time. And, yeah. um, yeah, the, so the opportunity was great. Booked the flights and uh, stayed with my sister in Hong Kong for, for cause she was there for about a, a night or two, two nights and went in, did the race and um, yeah, it was great. So two hours, 12.52 you ran? Yeah, yeah, it was um, Gee. really... Did you have a did you have a time in, in, you know, did you have a target? What was the qualifying in? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, the qualifying at the time was 2.14. Okay. Um, but uh, I just said to Tom, I'm going there to win the race. I don't care about the time. It's just... Um, <laughs> You're going to get that prize money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but my, I, I've always thought that time doesn't worry me. It'll come yeah. if you're going to win the race. Yeah. And yeah. if I'm going to win a marathon, well, I'm going to run a good time. And, um, and then a kangaroo was, was going. So I knew about that about a week before. And then he was one of the feature runners there. So I knew it was going to be a you know, tough, 
sub 215 run on a bad day for him. Yeah. Um, he run used to run you know, four or five or six marathons a year. And right. I think he, he was coming off one somewhere else uh, about two months before. So I thought, well, yeah, I think he ran two, two hours, 10 there. And I right. thought, oh, he's in, in good shape. And I think he's, that was his third or fourth for the year or something like that. So I thought, well, he runs the same time every time he runs. So I knew it was going to be quick. And so I didn't even worry about time. I thought, oh, it's just go out with the leaders. Um, I wrote down all the splits of where I wanted to be uh, on my arm. Um, yeah. And um, and just, yeah, just turned up. Just, okay, let's go. And we, we sort of tried to stay with the group and didn't want to dictate or lead at all. Just sort of work at the bunch and just listen and see what was going on and just hear people and... And um, you sort of know how how people run and things. Who's who? Because I didn't know anyone, of course, and yeah. and just turned out good on the day. It's just one of those races where there, it's about five of us in the bunch, um, and it just came out a really good pace. And um, and uh, time I got to the uh, uh, like the halfway mark, I thought, oh, this is okay. I'm still feeling great. And, and then you know, 25 car mark, I'm still feeling great. And a 30k mark, oh, this is marathons are bloody easy. <laughs> And the bunch went from 30 down to 20 down to five. And, and you could hear people's different, you know, why they hit the ground all of a sudden changing. They get starting to slow. And it was down to three. And I think, oh, what am I doing? And it's a 35K mark. We hit the water station. I thought, oh, this is really cool. And um, funny enough, we hit the, well, not funny, but we hit the water station and Jumara Kanga slipped over. And, um, oh, no. and so I thought, oh, and the other guy just surged and um, I just didn't know what to do. I looked around, see if he was okay. Next he was up on my shoulder and he just shot past and back into the lead. And then it was, it was on that 5k and then all of a sudden, oh shit, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> just, now, now I know. And, um, but yeah, got to the 40k mark and still three of us. And then I think he took off at right on 40k and I just knew something was going to happen. And um, yeah, just couldn't. I didn't know what to do because there was a lot of pain. I thought I probably should have dug in a bit deeper. Yeah. And he got, I think, um, 100 metres in front or 50 metres in front pretty quickly. It wasn't that far. But then the other two, we just sort of sprinted in to finish off in, into the stadium. So it was, um, yeah, so probably just the unknown. But it was one of those probably dream runs to finish the race and sort of, oh, wasn't that bad, actually. So you, so got, um, you got the hunger for it. So you got, what did you come in? Third? third? Third, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, it walked around the track, did a warm down, a bit of stretching, and I thought, gee, this is pretty easy. <laughs> the Very adrenaline was still stuff. going. I thought, now after every other marathon, after that, well, I was just wanted to lie down and crawl into a into a corner. So, um, but, yeah, yeah, but it was um, one of those races where I think the first one, you what you don't know, yeah. um, and you get yeah. so excited and um, and just sort of um. And I had a few runs like that, which was just a dream run. And you, you, of course, you suffer and you finish, but you think your adrenaline's flying. And I think, wow, that's um, really good. And same thing happened at City to Surf the time I won it. I think, wow, that was just a, one of those runs where it's a, a running high. I put it, I suppose, it's a, right through the whole race. When good. did you run? When did you win that one? Was that so? That was you were in '87, and then um, uh, then what did you do after that? Uh, um, uh, see, what? Um, Marathon wise, well, yeah, mar- Well, we'll get to the marathon in '88 yeah. when you went to Seoul. But wh- when did you win the um, city to surf? Yeah, I think that was uh, the next year. Was it um, okay? So the uh, Olympic year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, I'm trying to think back what it was because I ran ran it three times, and the first time I was second, Andy Lloyd. Um, 
I think that was an 87. Yeah, that was an 87 to 88. Yeah. Um, just that, oh, I just want to win this race. It's so exciting, 40,000 people. And yeah. um, Andy Lloyd was, uh, you know, he was the golden child and he was doing everything right. And he was, you can't beat him on those distances either. And that was his favorite event. And, um, and I, again, still learning, I suppose the ropes and an American guy came out, uh, Marcus Kurt. Right, and, yeah. um, and he just, I think broke the world record for the half marathon that year. Right. Was, uh, just under 61 minutes or something. So, um, yeah, it was a full on just race from the start. And I was just, peak just one of those things where i just peaked at the right time and on a high and just went out and smashed it from the start and both of the shoulder to shoulder and we finished shoulder to shoulder i think i beat him by you know three steps in the end oh, wow. and um what 40 15 or something like that so it was um pretty quick time in the day so yeah and um i think deke held the record for many many years until i think um he was 406 so i thought well it's not too bad if deke's run that and he's number one in the world i thought was yeah Oh, I haven't run too badly here. It's funny. You know, that's where all those little things just made yep. me think like after the two twelve marathons, you know, I'm not too far off uh, sure. like being being in the top, you know, twenty or thirty or fifty in the world and, and then seeing what you know, Deke was doing and compare races what he was doing at the same age and and um yeah, City to Serve was just one of those ones which really said, Okay, I'm I'm ready to sort of step onto the I suppose the big stage if I could. Yeah. Um and Mono was the one who was just doing everything right and he was the the new great elite runner and um and yeah to chase him was uh, have a good group of us wasn't just him but it was a great era of running uh, from, from from i suppose mona's era and great to be part of it oh yeah and then i so that 88 then when did you go to the olympics was that year in seoul yeah yeah that was in 88 and um yeah it was once I got the qualifying again, we just planned how we, what race we need to do, how the body was going to improve and where we need to be at for that event. And, um, I think I probably trained perfectly for it. Um, wasn't injured. You know, one of those sort of perfect scenarios raced really well. Um, problem is I think every time I raced against mine, I was sort of comparing myself to him too much thinking, yeah. well, he, he was going to be one of the favorites and, um, and I think I probably ran my race a little bit early, um, thinking that um, yeah, I'm not going to beat him. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I always thought that. Think I was just probably too excited, um, or expected too much of myself at the time, maybe. And um, when I got to the Olympics, I just thought uh, I think I ran my race two to two or three days earlier. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I should have done my own thing rather than go with the group because we all did went to a training camp, Deke, Mona, and myself. Okay. Um, for about two weeks or three weeks before it, and um, in hindsight, um, being the the third man or the first time doing a marathon, if I got if I made a marathon a second time, uh, the Olympics a second time, I would have um, probably done my own thing, and um, rather than be with him. Not that it was anything. I'd probably prefer doing my own thing rather than being in a group of doing. Um, mixing with everyone yeah so, yeah but um, that's all you learn these things so yeah because you ran what time did you run you ran a 223 in the in the olympics didn't you yeah yeah i dropped off around the 35k mark i think i was feeling yeah, right. pretty good then then it was just a hot day um but, yeah it was like 28 degrees and and i was cooked and yeah it's just one of those and it wasn't the only one and it's one of those 
events where I don't think I run in that much humidity and heat and, yeah. um, and I sort of gave it the best shot I could try to the same thing as Beijing. Okay. Just don't have to do anything. Just you know, try and put yourself in a position of being in, in there in the last 35 K and, and then uh, I suppose rigor mortis set in and, and uh, yeah, so it's suffered the last probably two, three or four K so in a bad way. So. Speaking of these races, how did you find going from training by yourself to racing in a bunch? Did you find you performed differently? Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I, I found it so much easier. Yeah. Um, right. And and it was um, I just just loved it actually, yeah, and it just gave to a lot of confidence. Thinking, well, if I'm in a good state and feeling great at the time, I'm happy to lead and, and just drain. And, uh, and I did that quite often, sort of go out and just lead as, and just one by one, you know, just drop people off. And, and if you, you know, especially if you, you know, like I like to listen and know runners, how they sound and why they breathe. And, and if there's an opportunity to hear them sort of struggling a little bit, it's, um, you just dig in deeper. Yeah. Um, and then it's, um, I know I always found with, with track, the, not so much, not track running, but cross countries and road racing, uh, I needed to, to wind up and, and sort of, I suppose go quicker in that sort of middle stages because um, I can't outrun Mel Nord or um, I think Mona's got about the same speed as me, but Mona does the same. It'll just burn you out early and, mm. um, and just get into a rhythm. You can't run him down then when you're out in his zone. And that was, I, I probably ran the same way a lot of the times, just get out quick and just um, yeah, if the middle stages towards the end, just, just slow, just go try and go quicker, drop, drop as many off as you can. And see what's left in the tank. <laughs> yeah, it's a long way the marathons. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In um and but eighty nine was is when you um got your your PB in the marathon at Gold Coast two hours ten eleven. Yeah, yeah. Which that's a run us through that. That's we believe that's seventh all time Australian, and that was the that's the current club record. So I don't think anyone's going to get close to that anytime soon. Oh, I hope so. I hope the guys. It's, it's we've got no marathoners, and... really. Oh, we've got, <laughs> look, Matty Jay's actually sorry. He's done mm. a he's done a marathon, but there hasn't been too many in recent no, years. No, but yeah, that, again, that was coming off the Olympics. I was just probably more um, very disappointed and angry with myself, thinking I yeah. threw away an opportunity. So it was okay. Where's, when's the next one, and what's in between, and. Um, yeah, and the Gold Coast, uh, it was just an opportunity to come at the right time uh, to qualify Com Games. And um, I looked, it was a, always liked the course up there. My dad had uh, moved up there and I've always went up every July anyway, just for holidays. Yeah. And, um, and, and I never really didn't even know the marathon was on a lot of the times because I was just doing other things. But when I, I trained for this, I was coming off the good base and um, I thought, well, I wanted to actually, I knew, had a feeling I could run a lot quicker than 212. I thought I've got, the training session was showing some of the sessions I was doing, showing I could run like, I thought even 29 or 28. It was just, it was really good sessions to think, well, all I just need to do is get the right race at the right time with the right group. Um, and, and Pat Carroll was, uh, I suppose, the king up there of the Gold Coast and he'd run the, some really good times and he'd won it four or five times. And, um, yeah, on the, on the day I just went out and um, was sort of a bit disappointed. They didn't want to run a quick time or didn't start off. So the first 5K was like 16 minutes. Oh, really? And um, it was very slow and I was sort of um, probably not, I was actually bouncing and I was nearly running into people in the back of the pack and 
And then I just said, oh, enough of this and just took off. And I think I put <laughs> together on the stats and I think 15 or 16 three-minute Ks in. Wow. And, um, right. and then sort of got, got to halfway in 65, I think 40 or 50. Jeez. And, um, and I just, just one of those, as soon as I got onto rhythm and, and just sort of, uh, I just, I don't know, the next time I, I sort of looked up, it was like a halfway mark. It just went that quick. And, um, and I didn't, I had no, all I could do look is what the clock was on the car in front. And, and it was just where I thought, just get on the rhythm I wanted to run. And, um, and once I sort of, it's, I was with no one except this guy on a cycle, on a bike and a, in the car in front. So right. until the turnaround point um, early, that was when I, I sort of saw you know, the pack and it was like about 30 K mark or something and coming back. And then all of a sudden the pack was like, you know, well, where are they? Yeah. And Hedges Road and running. And there's, cause I just knew there was okay, there's one minute gone. I'm looking, there's another minute gone. So it was about five minutes in front and, wow. and um, seemed to maintain but I think about three hour, three minute ten k's, I suppose, towards that to the finish, and um, I sort of was a, just a, a dream run, and I only really felt fatigued sort of around the thirty eight k mark, and um, and that didn't last too long because it, yeah. it was probably about two or three minutes where I thought, oh, start starting to tighten up here and there, and, then, and I think it was the contour of the road. I was running a bit of an angle, so I got to the centre, and and that this bit of hip pain. I just remember the hip and knee pain just sort of disappeared, and. And then the race uh, sort of got back into a good rhythm and, and finished. And I was just, uh, just stoked thinking I'd um, able to hold that rhythm for such a long time on my own. Yeah. So I thought, oh, that was yeah, just a bonus. But again, just a dream run, one of those runs, which um, in the end I looked at it as well, it's like a Sunday run to me. You just go out and run and <laughs> had a bit of music or nothing. <laughs> just yeah. just cruise along and just enjoyed it. Look at the scenery and people on bikes and people yelling out and hoses. And it was yeah. just a good fun event. And that was that you held the course record there for, for a number of years. Yeah. Yeah. It was 22 or three years. And, yeah. um, and it was when my, my kids were born and, and we used to turn up to the race and they'd sort of, when they sort of understood what I used to do and, um, and the course is always there to run quick. I, I know the court, they could run you know, two nine, two eights on it and just getting the right mix of people and, and Cameron, the, the organiser, said, you know, he's, he's tried for many years to get the right people out. And some of them, you know, tried and failed until it was finally broken. And um, and it's just to a point, it's just so happy to have a, an a event in Australia, which is world class mm. now, where it's actually, you, know, you can run quick on it and yep. um, you get the right right people. So um, it's just a good incentive for, I suppose, any Australian coming through, they know there's a course in our own backyard, which um, if you're prepared and want to run it, you can do it. And, um, and it's just, it's, I'm just happy to have like a world event now where it's you now sub, you know, what sub two nine or two nine, you know, 10 or something. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's great. And been done a few times now, which is good. Not just once. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, you have, I believe, the half marathon record as well for the club. Is that correct, Nathan? Uh, I think so. I think I had that written down. Was that a distance? Sixty-three fourteen. Yeah, was that a distance that you sort of focused on as well? You ran, you ran a quick half marathon, sixty-three fourteen, which is thirty-second mm. all-time Australian um, in nineteen eighty-seven. But you, we haven't really covered what you did in the half much. Was that sort of something you just did as a stepping stone for the marathon? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, there wasn't too many half marathons around 
because um, when there's a national title, there might have been a half marathon or a 15k or a 25k, but um, but yeah, or the 10k. So it was it's usually a fun run or one of those you tend to do a yeah. half marathon. So I always use it as a stepping stone. Um, at the time, I suppose when we in I suppose we came through, there was far more. Um, fun runs and things at different distances. So rather than half marathon, it'd be 10K or uh, things like that. So it's, um, I never really focus on, I look to use it as a stepping stone, but then um, usually in those events, it's a, it was a really good field and um, it's good to be part of it. So you just knew you're going to run quick at the time. And I think it's someone, when I did run that event, so I think someone ran a sub you know, 63 there in the event might've been minor or something, but, um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it was an event I sort of went out to run. Uh, I just wanted to run, I suppose, any sort of road race or cross country race really didn't distance wasn't a, a focus really. It's just a, going out to race to win. I just loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Now you've given us plenty of sessions while recapping what you used to do. Um, but with the current restrictions in Victoria, if you wouldn't mind giving us your favorite session that can fit into 60 minutes for the, uh, for the listeners at home, that'd be perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm involved just in the last year or so with a group up here um, called Good Time, Good Time Runners and um, just a group of people, just fun runners, want to keep fit and it's more of a social thing. So yeah. the, the, is a, I suppose we call it the lead pack. There's a group of us. I'm, I'm an old fogey now, but it's good to keep up with the guys who are 20 yeah. or 30 years younger than me, but we'll try to. <laughs> so the, I mean, the session we did this um, uh, last week is um, oh, on Tuesday it was four um four three minute um surge uh, i suppose four three minute efforts mm -hmm. with a two minute recovery then it was um three two minute sessions um efforts with a two minute recovery um six one minute sessions with a one minute recovery and just two uh three 30 second ones just more like strides not not quick but right um and then it was a warm-up and warm down so it's just sort of roughly around about a i suppose a an hour session that one there 50 58 minutes and and it's just running just quick um trying to work out to the the um i suppose marathon pace you know, for the three minutes 10k pace and then for the two minutes and the, the one minutes to try and get it down to you. you know, I always caught your 3k pace. They just laugh. And um, I just get out there and just hammer it and they force, force them to run quick and um, they get a kick out of it. Yeah. But it's, I don't mind because it's at, I'm mid fifties now and it's um, to do a session and to with the other guys and keep up and sometimes beat them. It's good fun. So it's a bit of a laugh. And we had our time trial, um, the other day a 5k and I was just staggered around in, in 19 minutes. I wasn't too happy, but I thought I could run sub 18, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to get under that 18 or 16 minutes ideally. But um, yeah. yeah. So the, the, you're still, you're still out and about, Brad. That's um, you're still active and um, doing. Yeah. Things. Yeah. I, I run just pretty much every day, but um, do a lot of cycling now. I've got involved mm -hmm. in cycling. So three days a week, so I'm, probably do around 200 k's on a, a bike a week and um yeah, do a little bit of swimming in the ocean swimming and surf when i can and um i've done a couple of triathlons in my first triathlon at noosa last year and oh wow well, yeah which, which right. was which was fun and running off the bike is a whole different experience <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah, it wasn't too bad 44 minutes off the bike at 10k so it's, um, i was pretty happy with that and, still pretty quick <laughs> and uh, i think i was what 
third in my age group or something, so it wasn't too bad. Considering I only just got on the bike and and you know, trying to learn to swim, so I haven't swum before. But <laughs> yeah, um, but, uh, so, so yeah, uh, you fun. know, you did um you did those three marathons and then you did a few more. But when did you sort of not hang up the boots, but when did you sort of finish up with competitive running and and then did other things? Yeah, it was at 1983. Um, my son was born, and um, yeah, I was just more burnt out in, in racing. I wasn't enjoying just the racing side of it. Yeah, okay. I can go out and train, but I get in some races, and I, you know, towards the end, I'm in in a position to win the race, and I just couldn't do it, and I couldn't work out why, and I was just flat or just mentally just drained. But yeah, okay. um. And it had a, probably about five or six races like that where I had a chance to win the race, might finish second or third or uh, drop off to fifth or um, even sometimes might have won a certain race. But then I just got to a point where I just lost a bit of passion to race. Mm. And then uh, just at the time, I just need a break and so look, I'll take, take 12 months off and um, still trained every day, still did some good mileage and dropped the intensity down a bit. And, and um yeah, that was it, I suppose. It's like a, I never sort of went back to it. And you know, 20 years later, just, um, yeah, just yeah, other interests and got into surfing yeah. and um, got into just sort of being, enjoying being fit and just a young family. And um, yeah, unfortunately, I probably should have, in hindsight, would have loved to probably get back into it. But um, it was just something where I think I had had my time. And I think the, the body or mentally, I was just, just a bit drained. But yeah. But, yeah, but I think I ran probably about five years without missing a, a day in between. So it's not as I haven't been running. So yeah, wow. periods there, I just still still run, but just no, not a lot of the heavy training I, I didn't do. But I, I still just love to run fast every now and then. I'll just go down the, got a grass chop track up here, busy park. They look after it's one of the best tracks up here and, and just do a track session on there and think of the day what I used to run but then it's just <laughs> but it's just good to run fast and that's what I do I still run now and I just um yeah good to run with a group of people now which I, I never did and they get a buzz out of it and it's um yeah it's I mean, fun you have a lot of the drive left you know you still have a lot of drive just to get out and go fast yeah, yeah it, it is it's an, and, and I don't enjoy racing either like a, they all get trying to get me to run the races and I talk me into it but uh I'm sort of um, more into um, just the training and, and we had a, like a, I said, the 5k time trial there and you know, finished second there and the guy ran past me at a hundred K hundred meters to go sort of thing. So that's, yeah, right. yeah. I said, see you, <laughs> I say 22 year old or something, but, but yeah, it's just, um, I think at the moment uh, I just enjoy being fit and healthy and, um, yeah, just looking after the body and there's a, a few people like Deke I catch up with every now and then if he's in town and oh, um, yeah, of course he's not running too much now and he's he's got his problems with his back and knees and things but um, different interests. Mona still looks fit and healthy yeah. like he looks like he's <laughs> still go again and then Nandy Lloyd I bumped into and he had a knee replacement I didn't right. and right. Um, about 10 five or 10 years ago I actually bumped into him at the Gold Coast Marathon half marathon and right. and uh, you know I, I ran that a, well, about five years ago um, a friend took me into running it with him just so I could finish it the half and uh, ran past this this bloke and I looked at Andy goes yeah and then we just chatted for a bit and he goes oh, I just had a knee replacement oh right. <laughs> Jesus yeah, yeah now I can run again so it was um but yeah it's just a, it was 
at the moment, it's just a, a good phase of life at the moment. It's good to be fit and healthy and I keep thinking, man, we should get back and racing again and see how compared against the oldies again. In my it's age never, group, but um, It's never yeah. too late, Brad. <laughs> yeah. True, true. But um, yeah, the triathlons is a bit of a, I've got a mate who's trying to talk me into it and because uh, we do a bit of ocean swimming and we do cycle and do running and he's now um, giving up his footy and really concentrating on it. And I just said to him, I just don't want to get, because I know I'd get addicted to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just haven't got the time. And uh, But um, then again, I did do two last year and the King's Cliff try. That the, that was good fun. It's a short one. Um, the 5K finish there. I think I finished second there or something in my age group. So it's yeah. a bit of fun. So. Well, You've got to just keep active. We had um, Natalie Harvey on the podcast last week. And, oh, um, cool, yeah. Yeah, she's come back from 20 years over in the UK. And, yeah. and she's still, you know, she's had a huge career two olympics and she's still running now as well you know two three times a week she gets out and she said you know it's holding her together to to just run because she loves it so i think um like yourself i think that's the main thing for for all the listeners and people at the club to you know running i think holds you in really good stead even later in life and yeah yeah, and it it is. It's, 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 I suppose it makes it part of your life and being mm. part of the the club. In one of the probably the fondest memories I had of the club when we ran, a, I think it was a twelve hour relay. We broke yes. the Australian yep. record on that. Yeah, um, and the guys who were involved and the families who came down, and that was just a great training. We looked at that as a great training for, for what I wanted to do from a distance running, and and um, everyone involved through that era on, in that event was just amazing. I've still got the the, the certificate actually around the corner downstairs in the box. I was looking at the other day, thinking, oh, dear, that was a good good time. And gee, we all suffered from it. I think few of us got I think I got shin splints, but I, I got really? over it pretty quick. But it was just a good event, and to I suppose break the Australian record on that. Hopefully, we still hold it. Um, yeah, I don't know. You definitely hold the club record. I'm looking at it now yeah. on the 12 hour run. Um, so 242 kilometers. Is that right? Does that, does that oh, ring a bell? It's something like that. Yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head. I just knew, I think I was I'm trying to think we were doing one mile efforts at the time. And I think oh, I did yeah? about 11 or 12 right. of them. I think my last one was 431 or something. If I remember right, I might have to dig it out and see what it was. But Yeah, that'd be great to get the splits on that because yeah, um, um, there was a few if, people involved. Oh yeah, it's been a, yeah. quite a few. So that yeah. was um, yeah, that was a, one of the highlights of the club. Where it was um, let's do something and put the club on the map in in a you know, in a team way, and yeah, let alone sure. trying to win the team events of different state titles or club races, and, and that's where it all grew from. Just uh, I suppose the, the team bonding through that part of it, and um, the era we had really grew from um, with uh, Sean and J- Jason Augustine and quite a few others. Here, so yeah. it's, it's great. No, that's great. Well, you've um, you've definitely um, you, you've held yourself well in the record department at the club, and um, as I said, I think it's safe for for, for a while yet. But um, <laughs> it's um, it's been great. We, uh, great to catch up. We've I've always seen your name down on um, even Tommy's books in his diaries, and your name in a few sessions there. So it's been great to catch up and you know get to know you a bit more. Cool. Thank you. And um, I do when I'm in Melbourne, I do run down to the club and you know, yeah, run through, do a few laps and that there, and just try and uh, catch up if anyone's down there. But it's a, a great area yeah, where it lives, and I've still got a couple of family members down there still. So yeah, good. But, um, thank you. No, that's all right. Well, we're get, we're we're aiming to get new. I don't know if you know, we're getting new lights at the track as well, um, competition lights. So that'll be exciting. Oh, great. Yeah. 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 Um, and we've got the 50th anniversary next year. So it might even be, um, we'll in, obviously invite you to that. It'd be great to see if you can get down for that. Maybe 
late next year it is so yeah let, let me definitely let me know and i'll, I'll come for down sure. so it should be good yeah, yeah. good one thanks so much for your time today brad Anytime. appreciate you taking time out of uh, your day to having a chat with us and you know going back cool thank uh, you training and everything. <laughs> cool <laughs> thanks hello to everyone there thanks very much and uh, yeah st- stay safe guys good on you brad appreciate it man. Thanks, brad. okay cheers Bro, see you haven't. What a uh, what an episode that was with Brad. That was uh, that was one of our best podcasts yet. I think. What a lot of good lead up. Yeah, really good, really good bloke and um, really good content. He ran us through pretty much everything. Yeah, clearly had a lot of drive from a really young age to finish mm. school and say, "I'm going to make the Olympics." Yeah, and just do it. <laughs> he, he sat down just and gets um, the work done. Yeah, he just decided, wasn't it? It was a split decision, uh, split decision to say, well, this is what I want to do. And he sat down with Tommy and he made it happen. So that'd be pretty rewarding. Yeah, he's still, you know, even though he's not running competitively now, he still seems like he has a lot of the drive just to run fast, which is great to see. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's still um, into it. That's I pretty mean, awesome. As, as we discussed, you know, I think once you're a runner, you're always a runner at heart and um, he's out doing stuff and helping, helping a squad up uh, north. So it's yeah, good to hear. Yeah. Exactly, exactly right. I really like the story um, of his debut marathon. Yeah. How he recalls it just being a lot easier than he, he thought it would be, which is obviously just pays testament to the training he was doing and the, the, the work he was putting in leading up to it. He was obviously doing all the right work leading up to that marathon. So he was in good shape. He, he was in good shape. I think he yeah. quoted, you know, that what you don't know is sometimes good. I mean, given it was his first one. That's right. Um, he just took it in his stride and, um, you know, finishing third and two hours, 12 straight off the bat is a, is a really, really good run. That's a extremely solid first attempt at a marathon. And he, and he went, I mean, he jumped into the marathons, transitioned pretty well as he said he after he finished school he said right this is what i want to do and he upped his k's and but you know the first i don't know we should there's not too many marathon runners at the club we'll try and get them on but to understand how you tackle your first marathon usually it's not that good i mean surely it would take a little bit of time to understand the distance and and get into it but to hit 212 first up incredible yeah that's right i mean maybe you can get Ben Ash, Ben Ash Kettle on, have a chat. He's another marathoner at the club or Matt Johnson. Yeah, Matty J. We, he ran one last year. I think he ran 220 mid, I think. And that yeah. was his first one. Low, low um, 220s, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, no, Brad did well. And I think, yeah, the, the way he um, even ran us through his week, um, his double days and the amount of work he did um, and the amount of work he did on his own. That's right. And I mean, the honesty as well in him saying, on, you know, on Saturday, he used to do eight by the mile. And when he got home, he used to just sit in the shower because he was just yeah. so exhausted. <laughs> like, it's, it's, uh, it's good to hear someone speak so honestly about his training back in the day. Yeah. And um, the fact he, he sort of just, he was pretty, obviously, training by yourself, you're going to be pretty driven. And um, that's right. And he definitely was. And he hit a couple of, you know, around 87. 88, 89, um, he hit really a couple of good marathons there and he was really, he did straps, went to the Olympics and, and that's something, uh, once you're Olympian, um, you can always have it in the back pocket. That's right, that's right. So look, we could have we, we kept chatting, um, you know, he might, he might be one to get on again um, in, in the future and definitely uh, one of the, you know, I think most of the podcasts have gone well, but that was really, really good, um, um, yeah, podcast.
yeah, I, uh, I quite enjoyed that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one. We'll, um, we'll see. We'll see everyone at the next podcast, I think. Yeah, we'll see everyone there. And, um, and good luck to everyone if, you know, he's got the club record in the marathon, but um, tough one to get, two hours 10. It sounds like record. he wants it to be broken. He, he, he likes, you know, seeing progression in the sport. So it's, if anyone's feeling quite fast, I don't know, Joel's yet to have a crack at the marathon. I think yeah, he's, he's got a quick, so. he's got a 62.01, was it, Boris? 62.01, I believe, half. So In half, yeah. So he's, he's, pretty, he's pretty close, but he, he's yet to step up to the full. Um, so we've got a couple of, couple of club, clubmans in there that um, could give it a crack, but, but it'll take one effort to get it done. Yeah, that's right. Well, if you think Brad ran, his PB in the half was 63. Mm. And in his 2.10 attempt, he ran through in 65. Yeah. So, I mean, Joel's in good stead, I think. Yeah, a pretty good crack. So, I mean, look, we might have to get Joel on, see where he's up to. But, um, yeah, that I mean, that's club records stood since 89 So um, from Gold Coast. So, And it was really good to just hear Brad talking about Deeks and, and Moner as well, like in that era. And, yeah, um, that's right. You know, amazing, amazing era for middle distance running in Australia. And um, there was a really good crew around him at Doncaster as well. So... There you have it. Some really good insight. And um, we'll look to, to bring you another Where Are They Now segment uh, soon on the podcast. Exactly. And as always, we, we say this every week, but as yes. always, please send any feedback, anything you'd like to see or hear or any person you'd like to have on the podcast. Just send us a message and we'll do our best to get them on. Yeah, we're going to work through. We've still got a couple up our sleeve to get on and, um, and we'll do so over the next uh, coming weeks. But until then, thanks again. Thanks, Nate. Good on you, Boris. Soon. Speak soon, mate.